0: Welcome to Dogs of War Podcast with your hosts, Sway Houston and Steven Anamarchi.
1: What is up, Dogs of War Podcast fans? I love all of you and thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, leaving a review. Uh, Who am I just kidding? That's only been 55 people. Out of the thousands that I have on my podcast and over uh, 30,000 downloads that I have. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Being funny. But uh, today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Alpine Arms. Alpine Arms is a veteran-owned and operated gun store and training source located in Eagle, Colorado. Check them out online at alpinearms.com or in person at 50 Chambers Ave in Eagle, Colorado. Next podcast sponsor, which is our... Anchor sponsor is Joint Forces Canine. Their ad will play at uh, random intervals during the episode, so I'm not going to say too much, but this is Rob Shoemake's place. Sits on 20 acres, fucking world-class training facility, boarding, mobile grooming, anything and everything you could possibly want. Check them out, com. And uh, last but not least, Haran Von Gravath, Spartan Leatherworks out of Texas, sent me a retro leather sleeve. I haven't got to put a dog on it yet. I haven't found the dog that uh, was necessary to use it, but uh, it's a vintage sleeve, left arm, forearm bite, and it's made with uh, slippery saddle leather where the dog bites. So supposed to make your dog bite like a motherfucker, get pissed off. If he loses it, slips it. If he loses it, boom, back to the car. So check them out. They make awesome shit. I'm about to order some collars and some leashes from them. Spartan Leatherworks LLC. All right, guys. Enough of the uh, intro. Today's episode of the podcast is a very special guest. Made friends with him at the last seminar we were at. He's a good dude. His name is Tony Messer, also known as Officer Messer. Officer Messer has been a police officer in the state of West Virginia for around six years. In two years, he became a corporal and a canine handler in his police department. He absolutely loves his job to the point where he started his nonprofit called Serve First in his off time. With this in his nonprofit, he streams video games and humanizes the badge while serving his community and his city. So I really enjoyed this. He's a great dude. Check him out on Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, and Tic Tac. You can find Tic Tac. Ha <laughs> ha! TikTok, you can find him under Officer Messer, M-E-S-S-E-R. All right, guys, enjoy
0: it. See you. From basic to advanced training, Joint Forces K-9 offers Arkansas's best dog training services. Whether you want to get your pet up to speed on basic obedience or are looking for more advanced training such as specific odor detection, personal protection, competition and trial prep, service dog training, and more, the professionals at Joint Forces Canine will help your dog become the best that it can be. Joint Forces Canine is veteran-owned and offers all levels of training for pets and working dogs on their 20-acre dog training facility, which includes kennels, an indoor training arena, a pro shop, technical ponds, a trial field, and an agility course. Contact us today for more information and a free evaluation. You can also learn about our boarding, grooming, and working dog sales. Joint Forces Canine, www.jointforcescanine.com or call 479-802-0775. 9com 479-802-0775.
1: All righty, dude. Well, we're going to have a conversation and uh, go from there. Yeah, So I am uh, currently down in Arkansas. It's in Siloam. Is it Siloam or Siloam? Uh, Siloam Springs. Siloam Springs, Arkansas. Maybe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all right. Depends on who you ask, right?
1: But um, I am here today with a special guest. We actually just met a couple days ago, and uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself and kind of give you guys the broad strokes on who he is. So, uh, Tony, take it away. I want to thank you for having me here first, man. I uh, actually uh,
2: got reached out by uh, Rob. Uh, I was out working, and he was like, hey, man, you got to check out this podcast. I would love for you to get an opportunity to be on it. And so he reached out, and I listened to like three or four of your podcasts while out working at my job. Because I guess kind of going on this subject a little bit, when you're out working, and I'm sure most police officers can say this, you get tired of listening to music for 12 hours. So I was like, man, I'll put a podcast on. You get a podcast night, you get a, a book night, you get a music night. So I put your podcast on, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, nice. You seem like a really laid-back person. Well,
1: I guess I've kind of dialed it down. My my wife tells me that uh, um, that I talk to everybody, but then she says that I love confrontation. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I guess I, I, I wouldn't say I love it, but um, I definitely don't back down from it. But yeah. um yeah. Anyways, you, you'll get to know me after we spend some more time together. But. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Um, well, tell everybody who you are and what you do and what your uh, all, all, all your channels, broad strokes, and then we'll, we'll dive in from there.
2: Okay. My name is uh, Tony Messer. I'm originally from um, Kentucky. I am uh, 28 years old. I graduated from uh, Belfry High School in Pike County, Kentucky. I guess uh, about like all men, I was chasing a woman, brought me to West Virginia somehow. So <laughs> I uh, I landed in West Virginia. I go to, um, let me backtrack a little bit. I was actually a pretty good, decent football player. So uh, I actually uh, had a bunch of D1 offers to play football. And so I did that for a little bit. I went to uh, EKU, Eastern Kentucky University, and then actually uh, left there and went to Louisville for a very short period of time, played some football, and then went to Marshall, and then I got my associate's degree. So going through college in two thousand. 13 14 you had to have a lot of uh kentucky state police required me to have 60 college credit hours oh wow so i went there i get my associate's degree the year that i get it ksp puts out that they are not requiring that uh, anybody needs <laughs> an associate degree anymore so i'm like okay so i was like i'll hang out up here and i'll just i'm just gonna start applying for some jobs here in west virginia till my wife gets done with college so i test for the south charleston police department where i'm employed at and i got hired mm. and i kind of never left nice <laughs> so um a little bit about myself is I, I'm a police officer in South Charleston. I've been there for right around six years, and I just got a canine dual purpose German Shepherd. She is a female. Her name is a canine fiend, Josephine, and I've been with her for about for about a year now. So, and uh, I really enjoy it. The, I, I like the job, so I don't think I'm going to leave my department. I enjoy being there, and they
1: gave me the opportunity to have a dog. So, kind of really like that. Hell yeah. What about uh, your uh, social media and your channels and your streams and stuff. So uh, I... I uh, And we'll dive into that deeper. So if you just want to kind of... Yeah. Just lay so
2: it. I uh, just just kind of what I do, I'm a, I'm a streamer. So I stream myself playing video games to a lot of people. They're like, well, somebody wants to watch you play video games. It's kind of like watching YouTube. So you go on Twitch, and my name on Twitch is uh, Officer Messer, M-E-S-S-E-R. And I stream myself uh, playing a cop uh, in GTA. Um, mm-hmm. I do the streaming on Twitch, and this is going to be funny. You're going to mm-hmm. love the conversation with all this, but... I stream on Twitch, I uh, have Instagram, and I do, uh, I do Facebook. And just basically to roll all that together, I do all this to kind of build a relationship with the kids and the younger generation in my city. So this is a really good way for me to kind of go outside my everyday duties of being a police officer and kind of be a jokester on, on the stream and show
1: people that cops can also be human. I think, I think we need more of that, and I'm glad that you said that because that, that just planted that in my head, and mm-hmm. we're definitely, definitely – expound on that, but, uh, sorry to cut you off. No,
2: no, no, absolutely. Go ahead. So Mm -hmm. basically when I say that it's, um, a lot of people see cops nowadays is what I call, they, they, they call us robots, I guess. And they're like, man, that's like, come out here, write people tickets, make arrests and things like that. And it's really not like that. You know, a lot of times cops are put in situations where they have to arrest people. they have to give somebody a ticket, but It was kind of my way of uh, going on stream, and and a lot of comments that I get is like, man, are you really a police officer? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, man, you seem so laid back. And I kind of thought about that when I first started streaming, and uh, it kind of hit home with me. I'm like, man, like people don't really kind of see that we go to work every day and put a uniform on and and do what we love to do. And then when we get to that door, we take our boots off, take our shoes off just like anybody else does, and we're home. We're human beings. So that was kind of my way through social media to like show people like, hey, man, like I'm, I'm human, I'm a cop, and I love to play video games. And it kind of just blew up at that point. People started loving I started making short videos and making funny clips of me being a police officer and stuff, and people seemed to really enjoy it. So,
1: Well, uh, you know, I told you we, we spoke earlier about my grandfather was a police officer, and I did ride-alongs after the military, and, you know, I just never pulled the trigger. I wish I would have, honestly. I think I would be a good fit in that job, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd pass all the pre- Pre uh pre hiring requisites. Yeah. So let's just say, uh, it was a little wild in my youth. Never been in trouble, but um, uh, anyways, I think I think that even with the disconnect between cops right now, there's still the silent majority of the country who support police officers and mm-hmm. first responders, but they don't. They might not speak out enough because you know the could get canceled or you know yada yada yada. So. Yeah. I I definitely think that that's serving your community in another way. Personally, I, I, you know, I started this show because I wanted to have other veterans on and tell their story, how, where they grew up, you know, any, any kind of bullshit traumas, whatever, what they went through overseas, what they didn't go through overseas, how it affected them and then how they found a way to heal from that. And um, I think that's very important to tell our stories. And that seems like, you have another outlet for that to kind of connect the civilian populace who really doesn't have a way to connect with local law enforcement, unless it's national night out, you go and you eat pizza Absolutely. and you talk to people that you don't know. So I think it's really cool what you're doing, honestly. And I'm going to look into it way more once I get back home and get my feet on the ground. But, um, <laughs> where, uh, where you said you grew up in Kentucky. Well, two questions. What position did you play or positions? Did mm-hmm. you play in football and, and, um, Where'd you grow up specifically and what did that kind of look like? So
2: I grew up in a very small town in Kentucky. Uh, It was called Belfry, Kentucky. And Belfry in Kentucky is like one of the best football programs of all time. And everybody always asks, like, where where do you get these kids? It's like they always say, like, cornbread fed stuff, Kentucky boys. And um, so I'm from a uh, a very small town in Kentucky. And I uh, I started playing football when I when I was in sixth grade. So I started a little bit late. A lot of kids start when when they're at a very young age, and I didn't start till sixth sixth grade. I was I was bigger than everybody, so me I'm too. about six four, probably six, five, 220, 30 pounds. I was a big old boy. So the coach come to me and was like, "Hey man, I want you to come play football. I want you to do this." So uh, I started playing tight end. I was a really good blocker, but I could also I could I could also catch. And being a tight end, you got to be super physical. So mm-hmm. I love to block people, but I would also catch a pass. And then on defense, I would play outside linebacker, but I got uh, recruited in college to play tight end because I was just a big physical guy. I,
1: I love nice. to get dirty with it and all that <laughs> stuff. So <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, yeah I played uh, offensive tackle and defensive end. Mm-hmm. I'm 6'3", 220, so yeah. we're kind of similar build. You're definitely bigger than I am. But it, was it awkward for you when you were like, so I went through that phase where I, I was way bigger, way taller, way heavier than all of my peers. I felt like I kind of got picked on Yeah, maybe a little <laughs> bit more than some people because I was the big guy. Did you kind of experience any of that? So
2: the reason I'm laughing while you're talking is because is you kind of say like we're like outsiders. So when I was in sixth grade, I was double everybody's size. So that year when I was in sixth grade, I don't know the exact year, whatever it was, they come out with a rule that if you're over 135 pounds, you couldn't run the football. So basically, oh. so <laughs> that's why I was laughing because they make their own rule up. Because I, when I come into the season, I was playing running back. I was just bigger than everybody. So sixth grade, I was running over everybody. I was just a monster. I was just, I just grew faster than everybody, and they had me at running back. First games, Gertie come in, we're like a week or two out. They're like, hey, man. Uh, we got to put you, uh, as a tight end and I'm like, what? And they're like, we can't let you run the ball, nor can we throw you the ball. The only time that you can run the ball is if you recover or fumble or a live ball. So, yeah, so that was what happened in my sixth grade year, but you know, five, six years down the road, I'm, I'm getting my college paid for to go play tight end. So I, I think it was kind of like a, kind of like a, a, a godsend for me. Like, Hey, big boy, you can have fun running and dominating these kids, but you know, this is like your future. So
1: you know, it would be cool if the, like the quarterback could do a handoff to, to the fullback or whatever, Forrest and they automatically it. fumble it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trust me, my coach tried to look at that, and they said,
2: <laughs> it's so funny you say that, because my coach was like, well, we could probably run a play to where we the quarterback could snap it and get it put on the ground, and fake run, you could just pick it up, run it. And they made sure to make that clear that, like, hey, you can't be doing stuff that's, like, intentional. So <laughs> just oh. talking about being big, that was so funny. You said that, that brought a big smile <laughs> well, on my face. So. I was
1: told that I should have been a lawyer. I kind of always think about those like <laughs> workarounds. That's just kind of how my brain works. Yeah, <clears throat> that is awesome. Did, uh, did you do any other sports or I, uh,
2: I was actually a, uh, I was actually an all state basketball player too. So I was actually a, a pretty good basketball player going through school and stuff too. And, uh, when I got to high school, I actually, and I know a lot of people back at home when they hear this, I, if I could go back in time right now, and I know a lot of people are going to give me crap for this, but I would go back and play basketball. I mm-hmm. just I love the game of basketball, mm-hmm. and I just I enjoyed it. And I wish I I would always play football. And I
1: love where I went in football,
2: but I wish I could have probably took basketball a little bit more serious because I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I would say that the damage to your brain and your body is a lot less reduced. and You probably have a longer career and bigger options inside. Hundred <laughs>
2: percent. Yeah, coming out of football season because we always played till December. We was always in the state championship games. And rolling into basketball season, as soon as the first week comes in, I'm our, you know, we're starting and we're in the lineup, we're we're playing and we're so gassed, we're
1: just so tired, your bodies are so defeated from playing football. So it was uh it was it was it was tough. Yeah, and I think the more and more that we learn about CTE, I think there's gonna be big changes in, in football for young people, at least anyways. But. It should be really to be. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a lot of
2: things that a lot of people nowadays will complain about with with like you know safety violations, but it's kind of protecting players at this point because some of these players are really getting hurt. You know, getting spinal injuries, head injuries, and things like that from just bad hits and stuff. So
1: yeah, when I was uh, in high school, my my uh, freshman year, they I, I played JV, but only because I couldn't play on the on the varsity team for whatever kind of restrictions. Yeah. And um, there was a kid, I think his name was Corey. Uh, I'm getting that wrong, but uh, this dude uh, got paralyzed from a neck down in the football play and watching it on screen, like watching him lay down and then just seeing his body settle Man, and then yeah. just knowing that he's never going to come back for that. That was really hard to watch.
2: When you go back and watch those hits, I know exactly what you're talking about. It just seems like you just like you can tell like, oh, he's, he's, he's hurt. Yeah. You know, you could just tell the way the body kind of just lets everything go at that point. Right? Yeah. Oh. yeah, it
1: was, that was one of the first times when I, at that age where I had seen any kind of major injury and yeah, it was really eye opening. But uh, I played all the way through high school. I moved to Tennessee. My uh, start of my junior year, I was smoking dope, skipping school. My parents couldn't control me. My grandfather, the hard ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I made the decision, an ass. I said, Can I move to Tennessee and go live with him? And he turned my life around, dude. He beat the hell out of me multiple times and did some fucked up shit. But straight A's. I wrestled. I played football. Um, you took the good and the bad from it, I guess oh, really, yeah. is the way way it, way it is with a lot of things. So mm-hmm. that's, that, that's unfortunate though. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, going forward from there. So you graduate high school, we go to ECU or EKU, EKU, EKU. Yeah, how, yeah, Eastern Kentucky. How was that? Did you get hazed as a freshman by the team or <laughs> what? what is-
2: so to, to be, to be like really honest with you, I, uh, I go there and I don't want to do it. I'm kind of burnt out on sports. I saw I'm there for like the, the, the first summer practice and I'm so burnt out on sports at that point. And, and I know looking back at it now, I'm like, man, I wish I would at least try to, you know, I don't have any regrets. So I go there and I leave. I could leave and come back home and I'm just like, I guess in a light way and it may sunk a little bit weak. I was just, I was just homesick. I just, my heart wasn't in it. And and anybody out there that has went and played college football will tell you that's a brutal schedule. Like waking up at 5 a.m. in and at midnight, not being paid. Damn. You know those long days. So I kind of just my head wasn't in it, so I, I left. And then as soon as I left EKU, I actually got a phone call from uh, Charlie Strong, who was the head football coach at Louisville. He's like, "Hey, I heard you left, and I understand what you're going through. You know, you know. Now that you've you've done that, wait a semester. We'll pick you up. You can come play at the University at Louisville." And that ended up like kind of falling through. The, the halfway through the semester. I caught up there and they wouldn't let me enroll into the next year. So I, that's how I ended up landing at Marshall. So my football career kind of ended right after high school. And I, I think I probably could have went a little bit further with it, but you know, I think God had a reason to kind of put me in a situation. So I ended up landing at Marshall university and just kind of going to school. And, and that's how I felt right in to get my associate's degree to kind of go back to Kentucky. And that, that didn't, I somehow ended up at South Charleston. So it just, <laughs> you know, just was I, I'm a very kind of. I try to be a positive person, and I truly, in my heart believe that everything happens for a reason. That's like my my goal. Like, man, I, I shouldn't even be here talking to you right now. If it wasn't for kind of social media, you know, and, and you know, making contacts with people up here in Arkansas, I mean, you wouldn't be sitting in front of each other. And I, I just think so many things happen for a reason. So I can't look back and be like, man, I wish that didn't happen because it did. I'm here now, and I'm I'm ready to move forward with it. So
1: well, everything in the past, good or bad, shapes the person in, you know, the way your life goes now. And, um, it's easy to sit back an armchair quarterback it and say, yeah, I wish I would have did this. Absolutely. I, w- I wish I would have did that, but uh, you wouldn't be the person you are today without it. So, uh, um, uh, one funny story and one challenging story from your time during, uh, college. <laughs> uh, one funny story and one challenging story. Um,
2: I am going to tell you a very funny story and I don't think I've told many people of this. So I,
1: <laughs> as humans, we are, uh, we're naturally lazy. Am I, am I right? Would oh. you,
2: would you agree
0: with that?
1: Yeah. Well, when you're in the military, <laughs> you can't be unless, you know, or you're just a total shitbag and your life's <laughs> fucking miserable. So once I transferred into civilian life and I didn't have that person, Hey, get the formation, you know, go, 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 go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm lazy now. Like I'm probably got, when they said you don't have to be here till 10 today, I was like, Thank gosh <laughs> you got to be there at seven thirty though I so. do I gotta get them do the extra <laughs> so a
2: funny story, man, this is one of the funny, and it's may only be funny to you or your audience, but it was funny to me so i am uh, I'm going to Marshall, and there's no like transit bus system you got to walk to your classes, so sometimes classes would be on the other side of campus it would be it would be half a mile mile walk every time, so Damn. you could go back and forth so and and uh, I get this big idea. I keep seeing these guys, and they're riding these skateboards, they're riding these lawn boards. <laughs> <laughs> and they're riding these longboards. And I'm like, man, all I'd have to do is get some momentum. I could kick this skateboard, <laughs> I could click this skateboard and I could ride to class without having to walk. I wouldn't be sweaty. It was hot outside. So I go to Walmart <laughs> and <laughs> and I buy this longboard. And and I've not told a lot of people this. I buy this longboard and, and you know, my, my wife now, she's like, what are you doing with that longboard? I'm like, I'm going to ride it back and forth to class. And she's like, oh, okay, you know, have you ever rode a skateboard? I'm like, no, it's a, one of the long ones too. Yeah. So it's kind of easier to ride. And it, and it will travel faster. You know, it'll it'll roll better. So in my head, that's what I, that's what I thought. <laughs> so we get I get up on this hill at Marshall University, and I'm going to roll to my next class. And I'm not joking you, man. Right in the middle, there's this fountain. And it's known it's a piece of the airplane. So a lot of people sit out there and they have lunch and they talk and it's a good time. And here comes me off off of my, my math class and I'm heading down to one of my history classes. And I get on the skateboard for the first time and I get some momentum down this hill and I don't know how to stop it. Oh. And I wreck on the sidewalk. I work on I wreck on the pavement in the middle of the school in front of everybody and I land. And, and I'm not being funny for the podcast or nothing. I get up and I leave I left the lawn board there and I walked to my class.
1: Oh. <laughs> I did. Dude,
2: I I, <laughs> I did, man. And and I got humbled. I did. I was I oh, got up and oh. I, I wasn't hurt. I was a little bit scuffed. I had a little bit of scuff. It wasn't nothing bad. I fell right off the board, right on the pavement, not the grass. I got up. The board rolled, continued on into the grass. I kept walking. I never <laughs> even looked back. I never even went back for it. I, somebody got a free lawn board, one
1: try. So, I mean, that's then. And, and when you said that, that's why I started laughing. I'm like, oh, I got to tell him the well, story. The reason I've been laughing my ass off is I went through a skateboarding phase and. Dude, it's worse than snowboarding, like trying to snowboard because like snow is a little bit softer, you know? I've definitely had both my feet come out from under me and busted my ass, bro. (laughs) That's one of those things you got to like kind of practice on before you do it. Uh, (sighs) What was my, what was the next one? Um, A a challenging, hard, or, you know, some, some kind of story, say more serious. So for me, to be honest with you, a challenging story is,
2: and this, and I don't mean to come off like, down on myself or anything is realizing that college wasn't for me. So I started going to college and I don't like school. I'm not a school person. Like I I think some people out there are just like, Hey, school's not for me, which I think a lot of people's like that. I think kind of like realizing that trying to begin my life when I got to college, I got really like, I, I thought I was going to be this big D one football player. I thought I was going to be this all-star football player for a D one college. And I wasn't. So I kind of backtrack, I go to college and then I realized, like, hey man, this is not for me. I'm not, I don't enjoy this. I'm paying a ton of money now and I don't have a scholarship because I left. And I don't enjoy it. So I think like the challenging part for me was not being so hard on myself and saying, hey man, like I'm done, no more college. And then that's when I started applying for police departments and I started my life. You know, a lot of people don't a lot of people don't realize that. Like, and I don't mean to be negative when I say this. My mom don't work, you know, and and my and my dad had some things going on. So I didn't really have somebody there to say hey, man, go apply for jobs or or do it this way. And, and I want to bring this back up in the podcast about, like, my page and what I do with it because I had no idea how to get into law enforcement. And that was one big thing for me is, like, how do I become a police officer? And that's when, like, I really got, like, down on myself. i like, man, how do I do this? Where do I start? And challenging to go and, like, getting myself ready to go prepare to take a test to be a police officer and stuff was one of the most challenging things. Tell myself, hey, I'm done with school. I'm ready to begin my life. Did you get a lot of judgment from your family and, and peers? Or <laughs> You like? would not believe it. So the day I left EKU, the head football coach at my high school, which, you know, he, freaking awesome guy, always took care of me. He was at my front door when mm. I came home. Mm. Woke up. I had brought all my stuff back from EKU and my my college. My high school football coach was at my front door that morning Damn. and was like, hey, man, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't want to do it. And he's like, you, you got to do it. You need to do it. This is good for you. And <laughs> it, and I just, yeah. So I, t- I had so many people text me like, Hey man, like go back, please go back, please go try it, and man, it was it was brutal. I, I tell you now, not to be down, but it was it, it hit at home for me. It was kind of the first like big reality shock in my life. I'm like, man, am I a failure? You know, mm-hmm. am I a failure? Mm-hmm. You know, did I not me not want to play football anymore? to make myself happy. Does that make me a failure because everybody else wanted me to do it, you know? And, and yeah, that was, I'm glad we got to kind of talk about that. Cause that's kind of the, some of the things that I went through with that.
1: So, uh, well, Hey Rob, I'm repeating a story. So give me a call. Give me some bullshit. when you hear this, but, uh, you know, I, always repeat <laughs> I can't stories. wait to hear this. Um, I got fired from the city where I worked and, uh, <laughs> for the vaccine mandate. And that fucked me up for like six, eight months. Cause my whole life, my family's, got to go work nine to five, punch somebody else's clock, never acquire wealth basically and fucking blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm really good with pet dogs and, you know, I'm learning the bite work side of it and the, like, the questions and the conversations and the things that I told myself and like, like I couldn't look at myself in the mirror for six, eight months because I'm fucking at home, not working. My wife's going to work and um, that was a really challenging, hard time to get through but I think it's important for people to realize that, like, your path is not your parents' path. It's not your college or your high school football coach's path. It's not anybody's path except your own. And if you're not doing what makes you feel whole inside, then you're wrong. And it's a hard realization to deal with because the negative self-talk that you experience is is, is hard. And like, if I, I, you know, I went through a de- depressive patch. Uh, I, I burned a couple of relationships, burnt the bridges. And but now, you know, I. I work with dogs all day. I, I don't have to wake up if I don't want to. I don't have to go to bed if I don't want to. I do what I want. I can pick up and come to Arkansas for, we can go to, to training seminars and I'm doing something that I love. Yeah. So I think growth hurts and in order to grow, you have to hurt. And and that's an important thing for people to realize, especially you know, young people coming up in the world today, you don't have to go to college. You don't have to work a nine to five. You don't have to punch somebody else's clock. You can do whatever you want. And if more people realize that, I think that we would see less of the mental health crisis issues and the like that this country is experiencing right now. You hit that on the head.
2: Like (laughs) you really did. And the biggest thing is the biggest thing that plays into all that is change. It's just like I tell people all the time, if you can jump over that bridge and and make a change and be like, Hey man, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to go, I'm going to do something for myself. I'm going to try to grow my business or I'm going to try to grow my stream and really try to do this full time and commit to myself, like commitment to another person's, you know, business that you're committing to them. Why not try to commit to yourself for one time, man? You're hundred percent right. You hit that on the head, and and that's that's the way it is. If if you you took you took a leap, you took a big leap, and it, and it and it affected you mentally. But look at you now. Mm-hmm. You know you're getting to do what you love. You got an awesome podcast. You're you're selling, and and now now you're for yourself. You're not punching somebody else's clock. Man, you have hit that. You hit it right on the head. Really yeah,
1: happy. and it's affirm because I talk to some of my old coworkers, and I drive through town, and I see them doing the bullshit that I putting Christmas lights up when it's fucking snowing in a chairlift, <laughs> or not a chairlift. A, a boom lift in the middle of town. It's like, Oh my God. Thank God. (laughs) I will never, I will never go back and work for somebody else ever, ever again, ever again. And you know, that's not to say that there's going to be growing pains and challenges for me along the way, but like, it's important to realize that those challenges is is what makes you grow as a person. hundred percent in my opinion. But, um, all right. So you finished school, you got an associates, uh, where do you go from there? I get on with the South Charleston police department
2: and uh, I test, I get on and I go to the 16 uh, week Academy at the state police Academy, brutal, brutal Academy. It's a, it's a very tough Academy. It's military based style. So no, not college. The, so
1: aren't those guys mostly drill instructors for the, for the troopers and the state guys. They, yeah. they, they,
2: they like to hire a former drill instructors. hundred percent. Yeah. So those guys up there, it's not like a, it gets better. You get better at it. So they, they busted our ass. They busted our ass for like so long. So, so, they, uh, like, like week one, we graduated week 16, week 15, we're still getting smoked, but it may, it makes you into a good police officer. And I'm a field training officer. Now I'm an FTO. So before these guys go to the Academy now, I'm always like, Hey man, when you go up there, these guys don't want to kill you. They don't want to hurt you. They want to see you succeed, but they're not going to tell you that until you, until you walk across that stage and graduate. And, and so I go to the state police Academy. I graduate, get on FTO, um, graduate FTO, I'm back on patrol now. I'm a young guy on patrol out here. So I work really hard. I I push against narcotics and a bunch of traffic stops and stuff. Just be a super proactive cop because I want to work to get a dog. You know, I have a, you know, being a police officer to me is not about being a drill sergeant, not about ruining people's days. You know, I'm not the writing somebody over for for five over. I'm not writing somebody a ticket for five over. And, And the police officer out there doing it, that's what they like to do. They enjoy doing it. They like traffic enforcement and that stuff is very, that stuff is very very important it, re- it really is important but that's kind of not while I'm a police officer so you know drugs and narcotic has really affected my family you know really cl- close relatives to mine and i kind of take it personal so you know and and i don't care to say this on the podcast i'm not out here to get weed off the streets like weed's illegal you know do it the right way whatever it is and but when it comes down to things i i want to i want to be looking for the for the drugs that are killing people meth heroin fentanyl and I take that personal. So that's why I worked my way up to get a dog so I could have another another partner that just wants that dope just as bad as I do. So that's kind of how my career went. And then I kind of started, I, I guess, to kind of go off on the track is uh, kind of how I got into my social media pages. So being a police officer in and out of houses, in and out of domestic situations, in and out of disturbances, and you see the kids and what they suffer from. You walk into houses and there's excuse my language, I hope I don't have to, like, you walk in, there's dog shit in the floor. There's mm. there's mold everywhere. There's there's cockroaches. You walk, I mean, literally the first year I'm on patrol, I walk into a house and a kid's sitting on the floor and there's cockroaches crawling all over the floor and, and near him. There's shit in the floor. Your boots are stepping in shit and dog shit and the kids are sitting in the floor. So I kind of like start a man, like, holy smokes, what can I do? So, CPS can only do so much for kids. Everybody has, you know, got their rights and CPS can't just come and take kids out of houses. We all understand that as police officers, so... That's kind of how I started on social media. I wanted I wanted to start to humanize the badge. I wanted to build a relationship with the kids in my city. So the way I did that was is every year for every year in the summer, I take my stream. I stream on Twitch, like I was telling you about earlier, and I do a donation drive. So every summer for the last two years and for the rest of my career, I'm hoping. I rent an ice cream truck out and I get in the ice cream truck in uniform. We get some of my coworkers and we ride around South Charleston <laughs> and pay for the ice cream and just hand kids ice cream. Nice. And they love it. They run towards us because kids nowadays they're they're scared of police officers. They don't want to be around us. And you we go to the schools to do extra patrols. These kids are whispering, like, why is the cops here? Why are these cops here? It's like they're not happy to see us. There's always got to be something wrong when the police are in these kids' life. And and I I just I take that personal. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I want these kids to look up to police as I did as superheroes when I was growing up. I I looked at cops and I'm like, man, he, he's badass. He's a, you know, he's a superhero. If I need something, he's going to come help me. And kids don't think that nowadays they're scared of us. They're, they're legit scared of us. And I kind of took that personal. So I started streaming and, uh, I guess to kind of get on this subject a little bit, I uh, I started playing Grand Theft Auto, which I'm sure your audience out there I'm like. this cops playing GTA, <laughs> he's running around. You, you already know he's running around shooting, he's hijacking cars or, or whatever. But I I make me uh, me and my buddy got together and we we make this server, and it's called GTA Five M, and it's an economy based server. So this is all custom. Everything inside the server is custom. So our custom scripts and. What scripts lead to is like a custom police job. You have custom police cars, uniforms, and you, it's structured. So like the whole server is structured. So you have a police department. You have like you get on the police department. You got to go through an FTO program. You got you to gotta, you gotta fill out an application to get into this server to even wow. play. And once you're in the server for two weeks, you can fill out another, another application like real life and apply to be on a police department. And so we make this server and it's, 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 it's a, it's like a virtual ride along. And that's what I tell everybody. I'm like, it's a virtual ride along with off semester. You can, you can watch my stream and I play inside the server where I role play as a police officer. And people always ask me, they're like, so you come home after 12 hours and, 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 and fake being a police <laughs> officer inside the server. And I'm like, mm, you know, I kind of, yeah, I do. I kind of do. <laughs> and because it's fun. Cause when you're at work, it's most of the time, everybody's like, Oh man, cops are running, they're gunning. Police work is 95% paperwork and 5% fun. I'm sure any police officer out there would, would tell you that most of the time. So I kind of get to come home and I get to entertain people, you know, while while playing as a police officer inside of this server. So it's, 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 it, it has been a crazy road and people have seemed to really enjoy it. It's, I, I do a bunch of stuff on TikTok where I've gained almost 600,000 followers on TikTok. <laughs> and then I got a YouTube page with five or 10,000 uh, uh, subscribers within the last, month, month and a half already. We gained almost 7,000 followers probably in the last month and a half from making content. And, uh, it's just, I mean, in my Twitch page where I stream at it, it's got 70,000 followers and wow. I average about anywhere from two to 3,000 people watching me at one time, just sitting there watching, <laughs> just me,
1: me riding around in a cop car, policing
2: it up and having a good time.
1: So, wow. That's awesome, man. That's uh that's really cool. I need to develop my social media skills and my content skills. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would take my podcast to the next level. Absolutely. Like I'm so lazy with it. Like I record, post an episode every two weeks, pay new episode, new episode on my pages and that's it. So, yeah. well, maybe I can bend your ear tomorrow before you leave and, uh, or over the phone. I'm sure we'll continue communicating, Absolutely. but, um, yeah. Uh, when you were a new police officer and you're going through and you're going through the motions, give us a, a funny story and uh, a little bit more uh, serious story.
0: From basic to advanced training, Joint Forces K-9 offers Arkansas's best dog training services. Whether you want to get your pet up to speed on basic obedience or are looking for more advanced training, such as specific odor detection, personal protection, competition and trial prep, service dog training, and more, the professionals at Joint Forces K-9 will help your dog become the best that it can be. Joint Forces K-9 is veteran-owned and offers all levels of training for pets and working dogs on their 20-acre dog training facility which includes kennels, an indoor training arena, a pro shop, technical ponds, a trial field, and an agility course. Contact us today for more information and a free evaluation. You can also learn about our boarding, grooming, and working dog sales. Joint Forces Canine, www.jointforcescanine.com or call 479-802-0775, jointforcescanine.com, 479-802-0775.
2: Okay, um, so can I can I tell you a funny funny story? Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be like too dirty, but this is actually one of the I always tell everybody my funny stories here. So I'm out working, and I am a uh, a lot of police officers when they first join, they're not a confident. They're not, you're not confident yet. You you don't get out and uh, you don't you're you're after you're go getter, but you you question yourself like, oh, can I rest in for this, or can I do that, or should I do this? So I'm I'm, I'm in a bad part of one of our neighborhoods where like this big government housing buildings at. And I'm driving through and I'm just always, when I roll through these places, I turn my lights off and I'll just roll super, just super stealth, just roll through there to see if I can see anybody walking or anybody out trying to steal something. And, and I, I'm creeping down this road and there's a woman walking and I think it's something off a scary movie, man. I'm like, man, she's going to turn around and have a mask on or something. Like (laughs) I'm just start, I'm just running. It's a bunch of things are running through my mind. So I'm, I'm, I'm riding up closer and closer on her and she, and, and I have my lights off. Granted I do. And, uh, She's not moving out of the way. She can hear my car. Like i we're rolling. It's not a Tesla. It's not a Tesla. She can hear this Explorer, and it's. A, I'm in an older Explorer. It's like a 2014 Explorer, so it's popping, creaking, all that stuff. It ain't something new. So I get right up on her, and I finally I hit my headlights, and she like turns around, and the front of our cars say police, like the, the big, like right on the hood of it where it wraps down, it says police. Mm. So she turns around and like looks at me, and she keeps walking. And so I'm still creeping up behind her, and I, I hit my air horn. Baby, hit her, hit her once. I'm like, "Get, get out of the way! What are you doing? You're, you're in the middle of the road." She, after I hit that horn, I guess it like sent something to her brain. She stops, puts her hands up, takes her hands, put them on her pants, drops her pants to her ankles. <laughs> this is the god honest truth. Bends over, bends over, and grabs each, each each butt cheek and spreads it. And I, I I don't know if I seen another world or not (laughs) spreads this and I'm, I'm in the car and, and, I'm sitting there looking at this woman who's just spreading it on me, like everything. I've seen everything, and I'm like, oh, my God. And, she, and, and to, I mean, I'll just be be blunt with the audits, it wasn't a good sight. Oh, so she spreads God. this thing on me, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm this new police officer. I'm like, D- do I arrest her for indecent exposure? What's yes. going on? So I get out of my car, <laughs> and I put her in handcuffs, and we're standing in the middle of the road. Her pants is like halfway to her knees still. She oh. didn't pull them up. And I'm standing here beside her, and I'm like, what, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and so she turns around and she's like, oh, baby, I thought you were my friend. I thought you were my friend and her boyfriend. I thought you were just trying to, you didn't have your lights on. I'm like, well, she's right on that point. Right. She's like, you didn't have your lights on. So, so I just, police. I, yeah. And I didn't see the police on you. I didn't see the police sign on you. And the reason I did that. And so like, I was like, oh God, it's kind of fair. It's kind of fair. So I take her out of handcuffs and I'm like, pull your pants up. And she pulls her pants up. She goes her way and I go mine. I never told nobody else about it because I I just man, it's just that that's one of the like funny stories, man. I'm just like, holy smokes, like. God. So I've seen everything, and i you know to this day I'm not seen that woman again. It could have been a ghost. I don't I don't know.
1: <laughs> Dude, that's so fucking disturbing and hilarious at the same time. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Uh more more serious turn, fight or something. First time you were scared or like like realize realize like, oh shit, this, this is this is for real. And if it's just what we talked about before, not that, but you know, something else. Yeah, so
2: not going on a couple of those things. Um first thing. Uh you know, to be honest with you, a really crazy thing that happened to me when I was very young into my career. Uh we have a bridge that separates a city called Dunbar to uh, South Charleston. And uh, we had somebody that was standing up on uh, the top railing, want to jump off. And if he would have jumped off, it would have it would have been bad for him. Yeah. So we uh, we get a call if somebody is standing up on a bridge and had their arms up in the air and was screaming and and ready to jump. So I I rushed. I was actually probably like. Man, I would say I was probably twenty seconds out. First one on scene, so I get up there and I block the bridge off on my side at least. The, the traffic from Dunbar still flowing over, and so I get up there and I get out, and this person's literally going to jump off and, and, you know, possibly commit suicide. And and it actually was a a boy, and I come up to him, and I'm probably about I'm probably about five ten feet away from him at this point, and I'm like, "Hey, buddy, how are you?" Just trying to start just a normal conversation to interact with him to try to take his mind off of, of obviously jumping off the bridge. And he turns around and he's like, man, don't come any closer. He's like, I just, I just want to do this. I just want to be, I want to come to peace with this. And I want to jump off the bridge. And I have this very long, I mean, it, it it was kind of a crazy thing because another one of my coworkers come up there with me, but the other rest of the agency, they kind of shut the bridge down. So I'm a young police officer and kind of like a standoff with a guy mm-hmm. at that point. And, he's wanting to commit suicide. And then I'm kind of the only one having a conversation with him. So I end up having a conversation with him. And then another officer from the Dunbar side, they walk up on the bridge, kind of distract him. He starts talking to the guy. And so I kind of just like keep edging myself forward and forward and forward until eventually the guy's like leaning across the bridge and I'm getting up close to him to where he, he engages back in the conversation with the the Dunbar police officer. And I was able to kind of grab him by Mm. the back. And when he went forward, I pulled him back off of me and fell Mm. on top of me. Mm. And so like very young into my career, you know, that was kind of a a highlight that like was crazy is that I got to kind of save somebody from committing suicide, jumping off a bridge. And it was, uh, it was kind of like, like it kind of come to me. I was like, man, like, what if I want, what if I wouldn't, what if everything that happened to me, what if you're a football player, what if I was a football player, what if, what if I was a man, that's like, gives me chill bumps talking to you. Like, what if I was a football player? You know, like. I think God puts me in certain situations, just like man you talking here. Man it gives me chill bumps talking to you. Like, what if I was a football player? What if I was in college? You know, maybe, maybe I, maybe I was sent there to to do that to help that young man out. And I haven't seen that young man since, you know. And but you know, that was that was kind of a, a very hum- humbling, like
1: serious situation for me, you know. That yeah, you just answered my next question. That's that's great, man. That's uh, not a lot of people say that. So they, yeah. You know, that's awesome. I do think yeah, everything happens for a reason, just like you, you know, and yeah. uh, you were where you were supposed to be and did what you were supposed to do. Yeah. Lucky you're a big dude. If you are a little guy, you might have, I may have went over with you. might him. have been doing a gainer <laughs> off the back of his <laughs> yeah, ass.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that was
1: a good thing. I was able to pull
2: him on top of me. So you're, you're 100% right there. But I've got to do some, uh, some pretty cool things. And, and, you know, maybe if we get back to it, I have a couple more just very funny stories. Dude, go for it. I have uh, another funny story that you brought up to me is, uh, I get I get crap all the time. I get they, these guys laugh at me all the time because not to cut you off. Remind me about my asshole story. Okay, my literal asshole. Go ahead. <laughs> for my. So I there was the one year when I was working at South Charleston. Um, man, I was spiking cars. I I don't know if if any of the police officers out there they know. I we use stop sticks. I even got a little stop stick pen sent out to me to like put on my, I don't wear that,
0: but <laughs> stop sticks.
2: I hit like five or six cars in one year. Damn. Stop sticks sent me out like a little, like a little lamp. Put it in like, the shadow by, yeah. or, the, or by
1: the other challenge coins. <laughs> yes.
2: So they send me this out, but just a funny story with that. I'm the only person at my department that's ever spiked an 18 wheeler.
1: no oh, shit. A big with the trailer. trailer, with the trailer, with the trailer, with wow. the trailer.
2: So, uh, Charleston PD, really good department. I'm not down in the end for anybody that lists this. They have a, a very strict pursuit policy. So they get a bolo for a, a tractor trailer that's coming down to 77. It's going to enter on I-64, I-64, South Charleston, where I work at. And they get behind it, and they lit it up, and it's not stopping. Mm. It's an 18-wheeler, and we're all like, oh, man, this is awesome. Hell, yeah. yeah man. It's, it's full, of, trailer. full of dope. Yeah, it's things, there's something crazy going to be inside this truck. So – it comes through our city. I'm a very like if all my friends and my community they listen to. This, I'm a very antsy person. Like I'm, I'm ADD. I'm all over the place. So too. we're behind this truck, man. I'm like God, man. I want to get this guy. And it's like it's like a 50 miles an hour pursuit. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm bored at this point. I got my lights on Co three, and it's there's probably like you can't pit it either. No, you can't pit it. And this thing's doing 40, and it's not it's not hitting nobody's car, or nothing. And there's probably. It's Kanawha County. There's probably 15 police cars after this truck. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm really bored. So I'm like, I get on the radio. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to pass this truck. And I'm going to go, because you can't get off no exits. Like, you can't, like, he can't flip around. It's a big barrier in the middle. So he has to keep going. I'm like, I'm going to go a mile or two ahead of you guys. I want to spike this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> and so my supervisor gets on the radio. He's like, yeah, are you going to try to spike it? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I, I don't know if that's going to work with those tires, but you can try it. So I pass this eighteen wheeler. I hit like I go above the speed limit, get past it like a mile, and I can see its headlights through this big straight narrow way down there. And I see it coming. I so I get out of my car. I put my car behind the guardrail. I did everything right. I put my car behind the guardrail, which I know if a track trailer uh-huh. hit it, it's going to be a different yeah. ballgame. So yeah. I took my car out of the way. I didn't have a K nine at this point too. I, would, I wouldn't have done this without a K nine. So I put my car behind the guardrail. Get get behind it, and I'm kind of sitting down in this little 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 ditch, and this truck's coming, man. I,
1: so I want
2: you to keep going. So did yeah.
1: you you pulled off on the right side or the left side?
2: Uh, so he is traveling westbound, so
1: I'm I'm on his right side. He's in the fast lane though. So, but you did you run across to the fast lane shoulder and you set the spikes yes. there? Or you run back and it's got a string. It's got a string on it. So yeah, I'm glad
2: you said that. So the middle where that bear is at, it's got it's got enough to where I could lay those spike strips out long ways. Mm. So I got them laid out there and I got my little windy wheel and I'm I'm wheeling it back up and here he comes, man. I'm like I'm like holy shit, this is crazy. So as soon as he gets ready to come, I pull the spikes. I hit him. Boom, 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 I hit like seven or eight tires out of all the tires. And it sounds like a—I would just imagine being overseas or something, that big—that machine gun. Boom, 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 And it sounded like a 12-gauge going off like 12 times. And, and the first thing I say, I'm like, oh, shit, I just spiked this truck. And so nothing crazy happened. I, I hit all these tires, and he stopped. So he... He gets over and stops, and they end up arresting the guy. He had like ton. Of, he was at a truck stop, and they boloed him because he he had a bunch of like I guess like personal use drugs. Nothing crazy inside the trailer. He was delivering for like Tyson. Tyson Foods, but he had like a bunch of just like meth and cocaine and stuff inside the, the truck with him, but he was just blowed up on narcotics. But that was just a cool story for me because I, I'm the only person in my department that's ever spiked. I've,
1: I've never heard of that from any department. Not no. that I'm a police officer.
2: Well, keep going. Do, do another one. Uh, we'll do one. No, no. You.
1: I want to hear this. I want to hear the asshole story. I gotta hear this. You got to okay. tell me this. This is going to uh, be a good one. All right. So we're in uh, Huseiba, Iraq right? We do a, uh, vehicle checkpoint. So we, we, we block off the road. We got gun trucks facing out and security facing in. We stop every car, every vehicle that comes by. We, we're searching them. Right. So didn't stop a fucking single car. We're out there for four five, six hours. I'm sitting on a weightlifting, uh, back brace clipped into the turret and I had to take a dump, dude. And you know, I might've <laughs> drank some bad water. I don't know. I, I you know, I don't know. You had to go. So I asked LT Nagel, I'm like, hey, sir, I got, I got Lieutenant Nagel. I said, I got to go take a dump. And he's like, well, take Doc, or Corman." And he's like, yeah, take Doc and go in one of these houses. There's some abandoned houses. We go up into this abandoned building, abandoned house, and it's summertime. It's hot as fuck, nighttime. And we go up on the roof, and it's got like parapet walls and a flat roof. And I go hang my ass over the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pooping, dude. You can hear it like smack in the ground, <laughs> and then I start hearing, like, Iraqi language and, like, chuckling, dude, and I turn around and I look behind me, bro. A lot of times families will sleep on the roofs in summertime because it's, it's so, so hot. hot yeah. Bro, their look, they, they saw my <laughs> asshole flex open. They saw everything, dude. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. You
0: scarred them for life, fam. Oh, yeah.
1: Speaking of <laughs> another funny uh, Marine story, so <clears throat> in the Marine Corps, I was infantry, right? So you, you, you go to infantry option, there's uh rifleman, machine gun, mortarmen, and anti-tank assaultmen. So there's four different options. So you go to inf- you go to boot camp, you go to infantry school for a month and a half to two months. And while you're there, after the first couple of weeks, they they select you or you put what you want and then maybe you get it, maybe you don't. I was a rifleman. So um, there's also when you sign at the recruiter's office, there's an option to do what's called security forces. Mm-hmm. So you go to Bahrain Or you go, there's some fucking uh, nuclear submarine base in Georgia, I think, that's on the ocean. I don't know how that's possible. Maybe the East Coast. And you guard subs or you guard this. And then if you're really, you know, doing good, you go to FAST. Uh, They call it the fake-ass SEAL teams. And those are the guys that usually go to Bahrain. Webb, if you're listening. But uh, So basically, you don't go to a unit that's deployable that goes to to war zones or muse or wherever. And those guys pick up rank a lot faster than we do. The cutting scores, which is your PFT, your pros and cons scores from your evals uh, and your time and grade and time in service that you get a score. They put out the cutting scores. This is the score to pick up the next rank. If you don't have that score, you don't pick up the rank. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot more competitive in the regular infantry even though these guys are infantry, they're at these special units doing watching submarines or fucking whatever. Yeah, And most of those guys pick up corporal or sergeant before, and then it's only, I think it's a two-year deal. So you graduate boot camp, you go to SOI, you get shipped out to security forces, you come back to a regular infantry unit after those two years. So typically they have corporal or sergeant rank, E-4, E-5, enlisted four, enlisted five. Whereas the rest of us are all E-3s mm-hmm. or E-2s and have been deployed Yeah, most of the time. So we get this fucking nerd. He's a Dungeons and Dragons nerd. Looks like a walking skeleton with glasses. Corporal Ford. He shows up. They quickly put him into a squad leader or a team leader position, but basically he gets fired from every position and gets put into headquarters platoon to be just a fucking radio watch guy. Or whatever. So we're in Iraq. He's on the mobile squad, which is usually the company Gunny and maybe a couple other key people, some headquarters guys, and they deliver chow, radios, batteries, guns, yada, 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 Mm -hmm. to the different people. Yeah. And we have these things called pin flares. So it looks like a pin. It's got like a J-shaped or J-shaped lever. If you pull it straight down and you release it, it fires. If you pull it down and push it into the J, it locks in Flags. place. And all you do is f- like flick it, flick yeah. it, flick it down. It's like a, it's like a 1911, yeah, or a, a double action revolver. I know right? exactly
2: what you're saying. Yeah. So
1: and you screw this pin flare on. It's about that big. It's about that big around. Boop! Shoots up in the air. Whatever cluster or color burns hot. Flares are hot. Yeah. Right. So yeah, hot as hell. <laughs> whoever had the bright idea to make this guy a turret gunner made him a turret gunner. He's got prepped pin flares in his turret. You got space, guns here, you know, you can spin it around. You crank the armored thing around. Guns here, you got ballistic windows. And there's ammo cans in, down in the bottom for the machine gunner. So he starts shooting, blah, 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 He runs out of ammo. Guys pass ammo up through the roof to him. Pulls onto our base after a patrol right in front of the fucking battalion headquarters office. <laughs> Breaking everything down, gets the gun down, <laughs> blah, 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 drops the pin flare into the truck. I oh, I know, it's a good one. Pin flares cooking off inside of the truck. Oh, my God. Instead of flipping the halon switch, spraying it with the fire extinguisher, stepping on it, he breaks a link of 7.62 240 machine gun, 240 Golf machine gun ammo, and throws it on top of the pin flare to try and put it down. Gosh. Uh, what rounds do you mean? start cooking off. <laughs> Blown up inside of this truck. It's a fucking huge spectacle right in front of the company or the battalion office. (laughs) Holy smokes literally that is
2: insane yeah, yeah i mean yeah, that yeah, is I mean, insane he played
1: dungeons and dragons He did not go back to dungeon and dragons yeah. <laughs> go back to the dungeon dude yeah bro Fuck You're going- the dragons <laughs> <laughs> you don't do good with fires yeah, yeah. <laughs> man is that not is that just not crazy yeah it's crazy and then one more story i know uh, we're getting close to our hour we can probably go over a little bit it's not a big deal but uh so <clears throat> we had this interpreter named ronnie that was his interpreter name <laughs> he was a african dude who spoke not english and not arabic but he was our interpreter so he's riding in my truck i'm driving well the 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 a driver has a screen in front of him it's got the blue force tracker software it shows every friendly vehicle you can put press ied button and it puts it where your coordinates are you can see air, you can see all our assets this is rudimentary shit up here it's called the dagger it's a gps which you put a battery in and there's uh, antennas on the roof, and that's what GPS is to the screen. My buddy Hayden's riding A-Gunner. He's, a, he's my senior Marine. Yes, Lance Corporal, no Lance Corporal, all that. And I'm driving. Ronnie's in the back right. Got a turret gunner. We're the last vehicle in the convoy. I was really good at communications, like fucking with the radios. I had a secret clearance, so they would give me... I, I could fill all the crypto and all the radios with the CYZ-10, which is like super C. If you lose that, you're fucked. And, um, so I'm really good at the radio stuff. We got a big brick mounted fucking Foxtrot 119 radio hide the a driver is the, the, the dagger thing died. It had replaceable like nine volt batteries Mm -hmm. and he's fucking with it. He's like, he's fucking batteries, fucking batteries, man. I got, I need a battery, battery. I'm driving, nighttime, last vehicle in the convoy, and next to the dagger is the emergency halon system, (laughs) which sucks all the oxygen out of the air. There's a scuba tank size halon system mounted between the two back seats in the middle of the Humvee. Batteries, batteries, boom! (laughs) Can't breathe, can't see, thought we got blown up. I'm like, what the fuck? I slam on the brakes, (laughs) come to a stop. Dude, like, throwing up, gagging, door open. I see taillights disappearing from us. They're leaving. I'm trying to call them on the radio. Comms are down. Can't get fucking comms. And uh, anyways, it all worked out. Nobody got hurt. Nothing. You know, We caught back up. We get back to base. You always do a debrief. And uh, and then LT's like, has anybody else got anything to say? And Ronnie, the the African interpreter, was like, "Batteries, no good. Batteries, no good." <laughs> he learned a little bit of English from uh, the oh, then. Oh yeah, he learned it then. So
2: just, I know we don't have to get on this topic, but so if if he was doing that for you all, how did he translate it back? What was if he didn't know English? What's up with that too?
1: All I can say is that we walked many, many, many clicks, many, many, many times <laughs> because he didn't know what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I guess the criteria ain't that high. They can't find it. It's not yeah. a very uh, you know job that a lot of people want to do. I I don't know. Arabic has many dialects, and a lot of times it's village to village, city by city. He's from Africa. You know, so to him, what they're paying him is great. But like, yeah, maybe he can speak Arabic and whatever his dialect is. But that don't mean it's our fucking dialect. No. So.
2: Batteries, no bad. Man, that is. That Batteries, is- no good. Batteries, no good. I would love to hear him see because I just hear the panic in his voice at that oh, point. Yeah, like, that, man, what,
1: what? He used to sleep standing up, dude. He'd fucking put his head on the trucks and just take a nap, standing up. People would are- like wrap his leg like a horse and fucking. Is that not the term people are built different, right? Oh, is Yeah. That- yeah. <laughs> Anyways, sorry to, for my shit. This is your time. Um, uh, I love it, man. When and where and why did you decide to do this social media stream? Where's your background coming at? And kind of talk more about what what you had mentioned earlier. Go 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 and go in details. So
2: I uh, I started on Facebook, Facebook Gaming, which is a a turd. It's just like a criminal here. It's a turd. It's just Facebook Gaming. Uh, I started out on there. I gained about twelve thousand followers on Facebook Gaming, and I was kind of you know, that I felt was getting shadow banned and stuff. I went from averaging like 100 100 viewers to like averaging like 15, 20 viewers just like overnight. So I think Facebook caught on that I was kind of growing and I was a police officer. And I felt that they kind of like shadow banned me a little bit. People wouldn't get my notifications, you know, all that story. So I was right on the verge of quitting Facebook gaming. I was playing Call of Duty a ton. I wasn't having much fun. Everybody knows Call of Duty is kind of a toxic love-hate relationship with that game. So... I uh <clears throat> I pick up and I see these guys that they're playing Grand Theft Auto. And that's how I kinda got into Grand Theft Auto. And at this time I had quit streaming on Facebook and I just kind of was like watching these guys play Grand Theft Auto. And uh so I go out and I invest in a PC to start playing games and streaming and, and, and things like that. So I uh what is
1: sorry, that's my how that pen, that's snow. Oh my God, the, the passes are closed. I've oh, been to cut you off. My spice. wife's like, "Oh my god, am I gonna get home?" But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I
2: start playing. Uh, I start looking at this GTA, and I'm like, "Man, this looks super fun." And it's and it would be entertaining to watch, but I don't want to be on Facebook anymore. So I switch over to Twitch. I go from having twelve thousand followers on Facebook to having zero, like 86, 86 oh, wow. followers on on Twitch. Is like my exact number. Remember to this day, and that was like that was probably about a year and a half ago. Now that I'm somewhere like seventy thousand, so. I I uh I get on, I get this computer and I and I want to play GTA. I want to be a cop. I want to start role playing as a cop because a lot of people's questions is like, "Hey man, how do you become a police officer? What's it like being a police officer? What's your everyday duties?" It, a ton of questions come in, and while I'm playing Call of Duty, I can't really focus on my stream. So like, while I'm playing GTA, it was kind of like laid back for me, so I could like ride around, have fun, and just like talk to my chat. So. I started playing GTA and I started going live on Twitch and I started, I, I made this, you know, me and my buddy, Denny, I'm sure he'll be listening to this. We, we got the idea. We we're going to make this server and we're going to make it like realistic. So we go out, we find developers and we put these custom scripts into this city. So inside of our GTA world, it's not like your everyday typical GTA. You come in, the first thing you do is you create your character. You can either, you can come out here. We have like jobs. You can be starting off the rip. You can be a trash truck driver you can be a, an uber driver you can drive a taxi you can go make food you can do all these things but also inside of this world is custom scripts that people can come in there and they can be a gang member they can apply to be a gang and they can have their own gang and, and they can make narcotics you you can legit make any narcotic that is out here in this world make <laughs> it just like you would in the world meth heroin all that stuff and you can sell it inside the game in order to get money it's it's crazy all this stuff is custom rim. so So inside of this city, just this side of it, you have your gang members, you have your people that come in there and they do the right thing because they're trying to get on a police department. So you got people in there driving around in trash trucks, picking up trash from houses and stuff, just making small money to get their first house. So inside the city, you can buy your own cars. And you can buy your own houses and things like that. So it's like really like economy-based. When you get inside the server, you get a driver's license. And if you go out here and and you get stopped by the police, you get a ticket. And if you don't pay the ticket, you get your license suspended. So everything you see out here in this world is what you can do inside this video game. So I come in, and I'm I'm a police officer inside the server. I'm out here. You can write people tickets. We have a full MDT system. You can look people up. If somebody like runs from you or they break the law, you can type warrants for their arrest. It's so in-depth, that it's like (laughs) – craziest thing in the world it goes as far as say you break the law and you run from me and i charge you a felony fleeing and i give you 30 months you have to go sit in a jail inside the city for 30 minutes inside the game you have to sit inside the damn. jail and wait your time out so that comes with the like people's like damn i want to be a criminal and i don't want to get caught They're like it gives you that energy You're like damn i want to get away from this police. i want to evade i want to get away and things of that nature. So I started being a cop and I started making videos of me being a police officer. And, and I posted my first videos on TikTok and it kind of blew up. That's like I was telling you, I've gained like six, 700,000 followers on TikTok, which is a bizarre number if you think about it. Over half, almost a million followers playing a video game. and And that's kind of how it, all everything it just I guess I hit it at the right time and I started and, and I get I get people that like so negative sometimes like man you, you go work for twelve hours you come home you be a police officer I'm like man it's it's just fun to do and I get to like hang out with my community because like you have your podcast community you have people that love you they support you and that's you know, kind of like my stream is and, and it's kind of a way that they can come into the city and they can play with me. So we we start this server and I start making videos on TikTok and the stream kind of grows, grows. I hit partner on Twitch, you know I'm averaging 7,500 viewers, a couple months later, I'm averaging two, 300 viewers. A couple months later, I'm averaging seven, 800 viewers. Up to now, I'm averaging a consistent 2,000 people watching me at one time, which is, you know, it's kind of bonkers if you think about it. And so, I'm playing in this GTA world, I'm able to answer those questions while I'm out working, like, what's it like being a police officer? How do I become a police officer? And things of that nature, and I can kind of, like, give the younger generation some guidance on, like, hey, man, Like, one big question I get, and I've said it a couple times, and I apologize, how do I become a police officer? So I tell people, like, hey, man, go to your local agencies, go to your city police department, your county sheriff's department, go to your state police office there and request ride-alongs. You have to be 16 years old. You can go request a ride-along. And that is going to put you in a seat with another police officer for for eight 12 hours and you can he'll answer every bit of the questions how do you get hired on what do you got to, you have to have a college degree and things like that because a lot of kids think nowadays you got to go to college to be a police officer and you don't college is not always the answer for for our younger generation you know that's kind of a but like going back to the game that's kind of a way that I was able to bond with with the kids and also play and have a good time and and, uh, and build a community that I have today. Which has led me from playing a video game to taking it back to my IRL job, and that's where the ice cream comes in. And then every year for Christmas, I don't know if we talked about this, but uh, for the last two years, you know, me and my buddy, we have raised, I've raised over $10,000 to uh, buy, we bought 60 bicycles last year. And just because of this video game community, we were able to give 60 kids bicycles for Christmas. Like, Mm. man, you just wouldn't believe it, like not, not getting too personal with work, but Going into a house on December 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, all the way up to Christmas Eve, man, these people don't even have a tree up, mm. and much less have presents. And so we're going in on the 24th, and we're giving these kids bikes, and it's what they got for Christmas, man. And, dude, that hit at home with me, like, so hard. <laughs> like, man, these kids wouldn't have got a present if it wouldn't have been for this dumb video game, me streaming, playing a video game. None of that would have happened. And I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just no. saying, man, it's That's just like, it's just a crazy thing to, like, man, like, I'm out, I'm out riding around, and I'm at these government houses and stuff like that, and there's nothing against that. I've, I've lived that way myself, too, and these kids are out riding their bikes, man. I'm nice. riding by, and these kids are riding their bikes. I'm like, I'm like, hell yes, man. This is awesome. And then you get people that reach out to you that are like, you know, business owners, man, I want to help you. I want to be a part of that. I want to do that. So now I'm at a point, man, that like we just opened up a nonprofit. So now people can donate to us, and, man, we're taking it and – we're going to start you know hopefully within the next year start I, I man my my biggest goal right now, I want to open up a fund for fallen police officers and i and I want to donate to their families, you know like during that time for the first couple of months, things are all mm. things are hard for the rest of their mm. life for their kids, but being able to you know like a police officer gets shot, let's say on the west coast, they're away from me, they're in California, man, I just send money to california like hey man here's here's ten here's twenty thousand dollars. Live off of this just for a little bit. Tell your job you're going to step away. Live off this money. Buy food. You know, and and but I also want to take it further than that. I want to start paying for, for fallen police officers' kids to go to college. I, I want to give them options. I want to have something to and I don't want it I don't want it to be from me, man. I want it to be from their, their father, their mother, whoever was shot in the line of duty. I want it to be from them. It's not for me. It's it's for the sacrifice that they made. And I want to do it for the military because I have the utmost respect for, for military. I get to lay my head down tonight because of our military. And I want to do stuff for, I want to do stuff for all, you know, all of our responders and things like that. I want to, I want to have fun set up for, not because it's from me and Surf first or, you know, me and Denny who started Surf first. I I want it to be from them for the sacrifice that they made for this country, you know, and like, I, that's just like the point I want to get across. I'm not bragging about getting kids bicycles. No, I love not. it. But it's just like now there's so many people. I'm in Arkansas now because of my social media page. I met I met with Rob, and now I'm down here on this awesome podcast with you, man. And it's just because of social media. I got discovered by him. I got to come down here and train with some of the best, train my dog to be better, train myself to be better. And, you know, I'm just – I'm forever great. Social media is a tough place at times on a lot of people. But, man, it is kick-ass from the dudes you get to meet and the people you get to meet that, like, want to help you. There's so many good people out there, man. Yeah. So many good people, man.
1: Absolutely, dude. I I really believe in what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, and this is this is your path and what you're supposed to do. I Love it, man. I love it. And um, you know, one day if I can make some revenue from this, I've I've said since day one that by I'm going to donate a percentage of it to uh, help my brothers. Absolutely. You know, I'm not a police officer, so obviously for me the military comes first. But if I get big enough, or you know something happens where I can where I can help. Police and first responders, I'll absolutely do that. So I could be playing football, man, but also <laughs> now
2: I'm I, now I'm getting to, to buy kids ice cream and buy kids bicycles and dude, I'm gonna do I'm
1: gonna do some cool man, I, I'm Look. gonna grow. I know I can do it. I'm gonna buy I'm gonna do some cool ass things, well, man. Not only is it it's not just a fucking bicycle. It's, it's not. not just a piece of ice cream. You've made an impact in people's lives on a personal level to where they may grow up and invent the cure for cancer. They may grow up and decide that the gangs and, and crime and hurting people is not the way. And you could have been the one that directed the traffic and made them take that 90 degree turn and say, Hey, you know what? This isn't for me. these, there's good people out here. And, and so not, it's not just a superficial level of, Hey, here's an item. It's, it's making a difference in somebody's life. You know, I'm sure both yeah. of us have had that happen to us. Exactly maybe, right. maybe not. Um, but on some level, and that's what made us be here today sitting across from us. Man, I go I go up here to these houses and stuff now, and this is
2: just nothing but respect on my part, which I appreciate. But walking to these people's houses and they're like, hey, man, you gave my kid a bike. And, and it's that mutual respect at that point. I've gained your respect because I've been a good police officer and I've done my duties. I, I've tried to be a better person, and now I get your respect. And not because I bought a bicycle. It's because I'm out here trying to take another step. A lot of police officers are out here walking, man. They're, they're pounding, man. They're doing good. But it takes it takes a lot of you know it takes a lot man to like hey man I want to do more I want to I want to take another step I want to help kids out I you know and I want to try to I want to try to do better I want to make myself I want to be a better police officer man that's like every day I wake up man I want to be a better police officer I want to be a better canine officer I want to be a better person so. You know, man, and I'm not. I'm not on here to brag. I'm no, not, not at I, all. I, you know, man, but it's it's such a cool thing. And and anybody out there that's listening, I, I I I respect. Social media is a cool thing, and you can do a lot of cool things with it. And I and I'm very grateful for the
1: opportunities that I've been given. So me too, And And just sitting here across from you is an opportunity. For not an opportunity, but a uh, I can't think of the word. But it's good. It's good for me, and I appreciate Absolutely, this. Man. And I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Of course. Oh, we're we're definitely. So uh, can we do another round? Yeah, when, when I know we do it remotely, you know, you got the setup, I got the setup. Man, I hate, would love I, that. I hate to cut this short, but you know, I've kind of got to. I understand. <laughs> get completely. to another interview. I would love to keep going, and and we will. And next time, I want my partner to be on. He's a uh, canine handler trainer. What's your partner's name? Stephen Anamarchi. He's okay. out. He's out of Texas. Cool. And, um, I can't wait to meet you, man. Simon actually asked him for permission to share one of his training videos years ago, and they have a relationship. So, so he's pretty good at what he does. He's <laughs> very good at what he does, and he's out of Texas. and And he unfortunately he was doing some stuff with the DEA and couldn't be here. But um, that's fine. If you're open to it, I would love to have you on again, man. There's some definitely a lot more stuff
2: we could cover. I'd, uh, lo- I'd love 100%. to talk to you about and stuff, though, man. Yeah, but I appreciate you having me, man. I've, I've had a blast, and this I can't believe it's already been. An
1: hour. I know. It's I would keep going, but uh, I think Dylan's probably sitting in the the waiting room out there. But yeah. um, before we close, why don't you um, tell everybody your social media handles, tags, platforms, whatever, however they can find you? And I appreciate that, man. I am on uh, Facebook, Officer Messer. I'm on Instagram,
2: Officer Messer. TikTok, Officer Messer, and Twitch, Officer Messer. So if you guys want to give me a follow, you want to come in, you want to see the live stream. I'm always live streaming on Twitch. If you guys want to come in and see the server, and you guys would also like to uh, to be in the server, make sure you join me on Twitch, and you guys can join our Discord.
1: I'm um, I'm not saying this just to say it. I'm I, I want to join. I, I would love to. I, I have I showed you my gaming rig. I've got GTA installed. I'm you got to join, man. I, I'm I'm going to. I can't wait to hear what you say about it on your podcast. You're going to be like, man, this shit's crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so I'm, so, I'm stoked. I love gaming, and that'll help me cut back on my drinking because if I'm just sitting in my basement watching TV. You get bored, uh, I'm, I'm going to start drinking. So yeah. I, I want to start slowing down and um, I think this could be Hawaii. And I, I, I'm glad that we formed a friendship and a relationship and uh, we'll work some dogs tomorrow, go our separate ways, but we'll, we'll definitely, I want to stay in touch and I, I don't know. I'm not just saying that I, I, I truly do. I, I, I'm excited to stay. I'm, I'm excited for the friendships that I built down here in Arkansas, man. It's been, it's been awesome. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Well, all right, brother. Well, thank you. And uh yeah, guys enjoy and we'll have him back on for part two let us know in the comments like subscribe rate and review and uh, everybody stay safe out there including you yes sir thank you for having me all right see ya.
0: thank you for listening to the dogs of war